Greetings, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are. Got a quick announcement. I'm not going to take up too much of your time. Forgive me for the last video where I quoted the wrong date. I said March 11th. It's not March 11th. Today's video, Thursday, March the 9th, is the video that you need to make sure that one, you are subscribed to Back to Ashes, and two, you leave a comment below. Make sure that you only comment once as it's not going to be fair to everyone else. If someone is commenting two, three, four, five times, please keep it fair and just make one comment. The reason we're having you comment on this video is because that is your ticket to enter the drawing. You can leave a comment about how much you love the channel, one of my favorite go-to sayings I say all the time, or just some sort of comment. Keep my number one rule in mind. If your comment is nasty or hateful, you will automatically be disqualified. You also will be deleted and you will be blocked. We do not tolerate hate on this channel. This channel was set up for therapeutic reasons only, and that's to help people fall asleep. Cool? That's all you got to do. It's as simple as that. I'm teaming up with Inner Scare Sleep. We're going to give the video from Thursday and Friday up until Saturday afternoon for everyone to get their chance to comment so everyone gets a chance to enter the giveaway. Once that is done, he and I, it will actually be recorded how we're picking the winners. We're going to put it in something called commentpicker.com and we're going to put that video into that website and it will randomly select two people as the winners. It will be recorded and it will also be at the beginning of Tuesday next week, Tuesday's video. So everyone can see that it's all fair and square. That way there is nobody out there saying that one of us cheated because that's not what we do here. I'm genuinely doing this out of the bottom of my heart to show you all, the audience, my supporters, my appreciation to you. Cool? All right. Let me shut up now and let's get you that dose of vocal melatonin that you crave so much. Tuck in, get warm, or sit back and relax. It is time to go back to ashes, for when we arise from the ashes, we are a brighter, stronger, and better person in the morning. Please enjoy these true ghost encounters. This happened to me a few years ago. My best friend and his family and myself moved out to the country on a large tract of land with several buildings. The first building was an old house that had been the original residence before the previous owner started to construct a new house towards the back of the property. I had stayed there once when they first bought the property while the old owner was still packing up the other house. But I don't recall much about that night. We had spent all day walking around the land. I just remember being so tired, I went to bed before eight. The weekend that they moved into the new house, they invited me to stay the weekend with them. It was a nice new house that the previous owner had built, but didn't quite finish it. It wasn't until years later that I found out it was because his wife had passed away, and he just couldn't finish the house, so he put it up for sale. It was just a large ground floor that he designed to be accessible and a large basement that was largely unfinished. When you would go down the steps to the basement, it opened up into a large room with wood paneling that he had intended to turn into a den connected to a workshop by a door, all just revealing the concrete floor. 
Through the workshop, there was another door that led into the garage. He had built a nice long workbench out of wood, but it looked very unused. That weekend, we had moved down a couple of couches, furniture, a handful of rugs, and most importantly, the TV and video game systems. After moving everything in, we spent that evening staying up late playing video games. I must have fallen asleep on my couch first because when I first woke up, I could see the static of the TV still playing. I was cold and tired, so I just cozied up and went back to sleep. A little while later, I had awoken and saw his mom walk down the stairs in a robe. I assumed she just wanted to check on us and turn the TV off. I quickly closed my eyes so she wouldn't think I was awake and left the TV on. After a few moments, I could still hear the slight hiss of the TV and expected it to turn off any moment, but it didn't. I slowly started to open an eye to peek and his mom was standing right in front of the TV staring at us. I thought this was weird and quickly closed my eyes. Trying to picture his mom, I suddenly realized this person is too tall and thin. This woman was not his mom. Slowly opening an eye, I looked down at the TV and the glow of static was seemingly passing through a set of legs before disappearing at the feet. Quickly closing my eyes, I tried to imagine I was anywhere else. The next morning, I was the first one up, but didn't want to say anything since they just moved in. The next few times I would visit, I would stay in his room in a sleeping bag on the floor and we would play video games there. It was while looking back, I don't think we ever spent much time down there. This past year, when we finally reconnected after many, many years, I asked him if he ever had any paranormal experiences at his house. His first response was his basement. He didn't say what, but his cats avoided it and he felt some kind of presence down there. He said he just avoids it when he's down there. I don't know if it was the original owner's wife coming to check up on the new occupants, but I'll never forget that transparent figure in a knee-length robe standing in front of the TV, disappearing at the feet. For much of my childhood, I had been extremely perceptive to the supernatural and paranormal but had blocked it out for much of my adult life. It wasn't until the pandemic and losing several people that were close to me, as well as working as a personal caregiver in an old haunted country home that I've been able to once more become more in tune and perceptive to the paranormal. I have a lot of memories that have subsequently been recovered, and I'd like to start sharing them here. This is the first. When I was around 10 years old, I went to visit my grandparents in a town not far from my home. They had bought their house from my grandmother's parents in the 1950s and had remodeled or built several additions since the house was first built in the 1920s. Something about the old brick and white photos on the wall always gave me the feeling that these relatives were still looking on and I often raced past the hallway where their pictures were adorned. 
My grandfather had been a soldier in the 50s, having seen combat overseas, but didn't talk about it often. He had lost several close friends in his unit, and occasionally while he was telling a story about one of them, he would try to recall what happened to them before going into gruesome details about their end before almost laughing it off and changing the subject. He was a small town boy who was born and died in the same town he lived for his whole life, except for those few years away in the service. It wasn't until his final years that he started openly sharing his own paranormal experiences with my grandmother and my father, who were taking care of him. It's not a subject they like to discuss much either, but my scientific and skeptical father has told me a few of my grandfather's stories that stuck with him. Back to my story. When I was 10 years old, I asked my grandfather if he could show me his military uniform and other mementos from his time in the service. Excitable. He led me and my older sister just around the corner from the living room into his room, pulling out an old suitcase from the closet. He started to tell us a little background before handing us the items that we would try on or run out to the living room to share with our parents. While opening up a box containing sidecaps, he explained that they had one for each cardinal direction they were stationed in. However, after going through the box, he noticed there were five instead of four. Puzzled, he couldn't recall how he had come in possession of an extra one in a different size. Naturally, I had asked if I could have it, and he agreed. When we got home that night, I put the cap on a shelf in my closet and forgot about it. Our house was built in the 90s, on land that had no real historical significance, so I didn't often think about the paranormal. The next few nights, I noticed my closet door had been opened slightly after I would wake up. My closet was messy. I had a rack on the back that I would hang clothes from and not think about it much. My closet was also in the corner of my room, opposite from my bedroom windows, so light didn't travel over there. I would shut it before bed, but I would glance over at it to see if I could spot it moving in the night. One night, I had woken up and my closet door was wide open. I looked over and I could see a faint light just outside the door, not from the window and not from inside the closet. I started to focus on it and I could see from the light what appeared to be a thin young man figure in light khaki just standing there almost three quarters, in profile just faintly turning his head looking into my closet. Terrified, I just closed my eyes went under the covers and tried to go back to sleep. This happened a few more nights. But as a non-religious family, I didn't know what to do. I was too afraid to ask my family as my mom was easily frightened by the supernatural. My father was skeptical and my sister would just make it worse. Eventually, one night when I woke up and saw the figure standing there at the edge of my messy closet, just peering around... I leaped out of bed and raced to turn on my overhead bedroom light. When I looked back, 
he was gone. But I worked up the courage to go to my closet and turn the light on. I quickly searched for the hat and put it into a box. Exasperated, I said something along the lines of, I'm sorry, I don't know who you are, but be free. This is my house and my grandpa gave me that hat. I never saw that man again, and I wished I would have asked my grandpa about it, but I just imagine it was one of his old friends just looking for his lost cap. She was only 17 when she took her life after a breakup with her boyfriend. I was assigned to her visitation, drove the limo for her family, and would eventually handle her cremation. Her family was incredibly nice, and I think of their daughter every time I have Diet Pepsi, her favorite drink. It was the night of her visitation. The coffee was hot, the cookies were fresh, but most importantly, the Diet Pepsi was cold. My family would begin to arrive around 7 that night, filling the entrance and common area with soft talk and sniffles. You do your best to welcome and make everyone feel comfortable. Let them settle in for a bit before doing what I always found most difficult. Remind them why a certain set of doors weren't open and why it is important to only open them when they are ready. I will never forget the screams of her mother seeing her for the first time, or how worried I was that her hair would fall out of place and make visible the scars and bruising that makeup could only do so much to conceal. Her aunt had come by prior to the visitation to bring a scarf. As she cried, she asked, I only use this if absolutely necessary. She said, my niece hung herself with this scarf. Those words still haunt me. When it comes to cremation, the last thing you want to do is misidentify a body. So, once the deceased arrives at the crematory, a unique number is assigned. These numbers are etched into metal medallions with a hole and attached to steel wire about 10 inches long. Hard to miss in a collection of ash and bone when armed with a heavy-duty magnet. The chapel I worked at had three levels. The crematory, of course, was in the basement and I was working alone. I remember prepping her for cremation, getting the documentation aligned and ensuring her assigned tag was with her. She was lifted, the doors opened, and I gently pushed her in. It can take from one to four plus hours to cremate an individual. The longer hindered by whether or not they were cremated in a casket, she was not. Following the cremation, her remains were cooled and then relocated to an enclosed yet small platform to ensure all metal objects were removed before processing. It only took about 20 seconds before the panic sunk in. I couldn't find it. Her tag was missing. I lifted every bone by hand and gingerly sifted through her remains. 
I reswept the chamber and looked high and low in the area to no avail. There was nothing left to do but bite the bullet and call management. Losing one of these tags is a huge disservice to the process of something so sensitive, and I felt sick. I went for my cell phone, which was on the table beside her remains. It caught my eyes sharply. Laying flat on top of her remains was the 10-inch tag. Not in overlap of bone or ash. Nothing. It looked as though it was simply and carefully placed there. To this day, I think this young girl was toying with me, perhaps having a bit of fun before our connected time came to a close. Either way, it was eerie and something I could never explain. Here is some context for this story. When I was in my early teens, I believe I was followed by the spirit of a young girl. I believe she inhabited one of my porcelain dolls my grandmother had given me. Often, I'd see her in dreams or feel her presence. I can't explain it, but I feel like she may have been the ghost in this story. My parents used to live in a big three-story house that had an old built-in intercom. There were speakers in every room of the house, minus the bathrooms. And even though it was old, we still liked playing around with it every now and then. You'd have to have the speaker turned on and turn the volume all the way up, usually to even hear anything clearly. You also had to physically push a button to speak into it. Once in a while, the intercom would come on by itself and play something on the radio. I found this rather spooky, but... My mom brushed it off as the past owner having set an alarm via the intercom so that the radio would come on at certain times. We didn't know how to reprogram it. Hard as my stepdad tried and my parents were tired of often getting woken up at 3 a.m. by the radio randomly coming on through the intercom in their room. So, we decided to just not use it anymore and turned off all the intercoms off, with the volume all the way down, just as an extra measure. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. One night, I was chatting online with my friends on the computer, and I hadn't noticed the time was around 3 a.m. Suddenly, the intercom came on in my room at full blast. There was horrible, loud static coming through it. I jumped up to shut it off, but... As I reached for the volume dial, I saw it was already at zero and off. I didn't know how to make the noise stop. Then, through the static, I faintly heard what sounded like someone breathing. And then I heard the voice of a little girl. She said, When will you come to your senses? And then, just as fast as it had come, 
The intercom shut off. Silence. I was frozen with fear. Being a teenager, I jumped back on my computer to tell my friends what had just happened, and they said, Get the hell out of that house. I had to go tell my parents. The hallway was pitch black, and I had to go all the way down a big staircase in the dark to their room. I held my breath and flung my door open, sprinting down the stairs, crying from how scared I was. I banged loudly on my parents' door, and I heard my mom yelp. She opened the door, and I ran in to tell them what happened. They were more upset that I woke them up. My mom told me it was probably just a commercial on the radio or something. I mentioned how my intercom had been turned off with the volume set to zero. And what kind of commercial would say something like that? Seeing as it was so late, she didn't feel like trying to rationalize it. I was sent back up to bed. And if you guessed I didn't sleep that night, you'd be correct. To this day, I still hear that voice coming through the speaker at 3 a.m. Is it the little girl looking for something? Or have I had a paranormal encounter? For much of my childhood, I had been extremely perceptive to the supernatural and paranormal, but had blocked it out for much of my adult life. It wasn't until the pandemic and losing several people that were close to me, as well as working as a personal caregiver in an old haunted country home, that I've been able to once more become more in tune and perceptive to the paranormal. I have a lot of memories that have subsequently been recovered, and I'd like to start sharing them here. This is the first. When I was around 10 years old, I went to visit my grandparents in a town not far from my home. They had bought their house from my grandmother's parents in the 1950s and had remodeled or built several additions since the house was first built in the 1920s. Something about the old brick and white photos on the wall always gave me the feeling that these relatives were still looking on and I often raced past the hallway where their pictures were adorned. My grandfather had been a soldier in the 50s, having seen combat overseas, but didn't talk about it often. He had lost several close friends in his unit, and occasionally while he was telling a story about one of them, he would try to recall what happened to them before going into gruesome details about their end before almost laughing it off and changing the subject. He was a small-town boy, who was born and died in the same town he lived for his whole life, except for those few years away in the service. It wasn't until his final years that he started openly sharing his own paranormal experiences with my grandmother and my father, who were taking care of him. It's not a subject they like to discuss much either, but my scientific and skeptical father has told me a few of my grandfather's stories that stuck with him, Back to my story. When I was 10 years old, I asked my grandfather if he could show me his military uniform and other mementos from his time in the service. Excitable, 
He led me and my older sister just around the corner from the living room into his room, pulling out an old suitcase from the closet. He started to tell us a little background before handing us the items that we would try on or run out to the living room to share with our parents. While opening up a box containing sidecaps, he explained that they had one for each cardinal direction they were stationed in. However, after going through the box, he noticed there were five instead of four. Puzzled, he couldn't recall how he had come in possession of an extra one in a different size. Naturally, I had asked if I could have it, and he agreed. When we got home that night, I put the cap on a shelf in my closet and forgot about it. Our house was built in the 90s, on land that had no real historical significance, so I didn't often think about the paranormal. The next few nights, I noticed my closet door had been opened slightly after I would wake up. My closet was messy. I had a rack on the back that I would hang close from and not think about it much. My closet was also in the corner of my room, opposite from my bedroom windows, so light didn't travel over there. I would shut it before bed, but I would glance over at it to see if I could spot it moving in the night. One night, I had woken up and my closet door was wide open. I looked over and I could see a faint light just outside the door, not from the window and not from inside the closet. I started to focus on it, and I could see from the light what appeared to be a thin young man figure in light khaki just standing there almost three quarters, in profile just faintly turning his head looking into my closet. Terrified, I just closed my eyes, went under the covers, and tried to go back to sleep. This happened a few more nights, but as a non-religious family, I didn't know what to do. I was too afraid to ask my family as my mom was easily frightened by the supernatural. My father was skeptical and my sister would just make it worse. Eventually, one night when I woke up and saw the figure standing there at the edge of my messy closet, just peering around, I leaped out of bed and raced to turn on my overhead bedroom light. When I looked back, he was gone. But... I worked up the courage to go to my closet and turn the light on. I quickly searched for the hat and put it into a box. Exasperated, I said something along the lines of, I'm sorry, I don't know who you are, but be free. This is my house and my grandpa gave me that hat. I never saw that man again, and I wished I would have asked my grandpa about it but I just imagine it was one of his old friends just looking for his lost cap. She was only 17 when she took her life after a breakup with her boyfriend. I was assigned to her visitation, drove the limo for her family, and would eventually handle her cremation. Her family was incredibly nice, and I think of their daughter every time I have Diet Pepsi, her favorite drink. It was the night of her visitation. The coffee was hot, 
The cookies were fresh, but most importantly, the Diet Pepsi was cold. My family would begin to arrive around 7 that night, filling the entrance and common area with soft talk and sniffles. You do your best to welcome and make everyone feel comfortable. Let them settle in for a bit before doing what I always found most difficult. Remind them why a certain set of doors weren't open and why it is important to only open them when they are ready. I will never forget the screams of her mother seeing her for the first time or how worried I was that her hair would fall out of place and make visible the scars and bruising that makeup could only do so much to conceal. Her aunt had come by prior to the visitation to bring a scarf. As she cried, she asked I only use this if absolutely necessary. She said, my niece hung herself with this scarf. Those words still haunt me. When it comes to cremation, the last thing you want to do is misidentify a body. So, once the deceased arrives at the crematory, a unique number is assigned. These numbers are etched into metal medallions with a hole and attached to steel wire about 10 inches long. Hard to miss in a collection of ash and bone when armed with a heavy-duty magnet. The chapel I worked at had three levels. The crematory, of course, was in the basement and I was working alone. I remember prepping her for cremation, getting the documentation aligned, and ensuring her assigned tag was with her. She was lifted, the doors opened, and I gently pushed her in. It can take from one to four plus hours to cremate an individual. The longer hindered by whether or not they were cremated in a casket, she was not. Following the cremation, her remains were cooled and then relocated to an enclosed yet small platform to ensure all metal objects were removed before processing. It only took about 20 seconds before the panic sunk in. I couldn't find it. Her tag was missing. I lifted every bone by hand and gingerly sifted through her remains. I reswept the chamber and looked high and low in the area to no avail. There was nothing left to do but bite the bullet and call management. Losing one of these tags is a huge disservice to the process of something so sensitive, and I felt sick. I went for my cell phone, which was on the table beside her remains. It caught my eyes sharply. Laying flat on top of her remains was the 10-inch tag. Not an overlap of bone or ash. Nothing. It looked as though it was simply and carefully placed there. To this day, I think this young girl was toying with me, perhaps having a bit of fun before our connected time came to a close. Either way, it was eerie and something I could never explain. Here is some context for this story. When I was in my early teens, I believe I was followed by the spirit of a young girl. 
I believe she inhabited one of my porcelain dolls my grandmother had given me. Often, I'd see her in dreams or feel her presence. I can't explain it, but I feel like she may have been the ghost in this story. My parents used to live in a big three-story house that had an old built-in intercom. There were speakers in every room of the house, minus the bathrooms. And even though it was old, we still liked playing around with it every now and then. You'd have to have the speaker turned on and turn the volume all the way up, usually to even hear anything clearly. You also had to physically push a button to speak into it. Once in a while, the intercom would come on by itself and play something on the radio. I found this rather spooky, but my mom brushed it off as the past owner having set an alarm via the intercom so that the radio would come on at certain times. We didn't know how to reprogram it. Hard as my stepdad tried and my parents were tired of often getting woken up at 3 a.m. by the radio randomly coming on through the intercom in their room. So, we decided to just not use it anymore and turned all the intercoms off with the volume all the way down, just as an extra measure. One night, I was chatting online with my friends on the computer, and I hadn't noticed the time was around 3 a.m. Suddenly, the intercom came on in my room at full blast. There was horrible, loud static coming through it. I jumped up to shut it off, but as I reached for the volume dial, I saw it was already at zero and off. I didn't know how to make the noise stop. Then, through the static, I faintly heard what sounded like someone breathing. And then I heard the voice of a little girl. She said, When will you come to your senses? And then, just as fast as it had come, the intercom shut off. Silence. I was frozen with fear. Being a teenager, I jumped back on my computer to tell my friends what had just happened, and they said, Get the hell out of that house. I had to go tell my parents. The hallway was pitch black, and I had to go all the way down a big staircase in the dark to their room. I held my breath and flung my door open, sprinting down the stairs, crying from how scared I was. I banged loudly on my parents' door, and I heard my mom yelp. She opened the door, and I ran in to tell them what happened. They were more upset that I woke them up. My mom told me it was probably just a commercial on the radio or something. I mentioned how my intercom had been turned off with the volume set to zero. And what kind of commercial would say something like that? Seeing as it was so late, she didn't feel like trying to rationalize it. I was sent back up to bed. And if you guessed I didn't sleep that night, you'd be correct. To this day, I still hear that voice coming through the speaker at 3 a.m. Is it the little girl looking for something? Or have I had a paranormal encounter? My grandfather was in his early 60s in heart failure. He was in the hospital, 
My family spent a lot of time with him the last two weeks before he passed away. This one specific day, there were six of us female relatives in the room sitting around chatting with him. He suddenly interrupted our convo, abruptly, and looked around the room, asking which one of us was pregnant. We all denied it. He insisted, Someone in this room is pregnant. Who is it? But none of us had any idea what he was talking about. He had been saying things like people were visiting him at night, and there were a lot of people in his room at times. He was saying he was seeing people who had passed on. So, we just thought maybe he was hallucinating due to the pain meds. Fast forward a few weeks, I find out I'm pregnant. My ultrasound revealed that my baby had a weak heartbeat and to expect a miscarriage. Within the week, I unfortunately miscarried. The crazy thing is, At the time my grandpa insisted someone was pregnant, I would have been two weeks along. He somehow knew. It's always made me question what people see when near death. He ended up being intubated. They took everything out one day, and he had just enough strength to tell my mother that he was now afraid to die based on what he's been seeing. He couldn't talk very well with all the pain medicine he was on, so my mom didn't ask him many questions. But he passed on the next day. I always sit and wonder to this day what it was exactly that he saw. I purchased my home a little over a year ago. My girlfriend and I started noticing things from the beginning. We would always find a way to explain the phenomenon. The woman's voice my girlfriend heard while we were painting upstairs. We figured it must have come from someone outside. The constant light slamming off my laundry chute. We figured it must have something to do with the air pressure or some kind of draft. One night... We were awoken by a very loud bang on our bedroom door, as if somebody had thrown their body into it. My girlfriend was frozen with fear, thinking somebody was in the closet. I quickly grabbed my pistol and swept each room. But nothing was there. Maybe it was just a loud cracking sound houses make. Another night, I was woken up by the feeling of something pushing on the end of my bed next to my feet. In a sleepy haze, I thought it was my cat jumping on the bed, but it quickly hit me that my cat does not stay in my room at night. I wiggled my feet and whatever was pushing down stopped. I wrote it off. The whistling, the sound of a bell, the sound of something dropping and the shadow moving across the hallway wall are all things I've explained away. But the other night was the last straw, and I am now convinced something is haunting my home.
I came home from work at 11 p.m. 11.30, I shut off all the lights and walked upstairs. And as soon as I get to the top of the stairs, I feel a breeze of air coming up the stairway, and I hear a man's voice talking. I could not make out what was being said, but it was as clear as day. Somebody was talking from what sounded like my kitchen or near it in the living room. It lasted for a few seconds. I get chills thinking about it. It seems every day since something new has happened. Tupperware flying out from our cabinet, not dropping, flying onto the floor. A lot of activity from the kitchen. Cat toys I had seen ten minutes prior disappear and reappear on my stairs when the cat was on the couch nowhere near it. I could mention a dozen other things. Today, I heard a disembodied whisper, which happened very fast. I haven't slept well in a few weeks. My girlfriend is freaked out every night, and I'm angry I cannot feel comfortable in my own home. I have tried telling whoever is there to leave, but it seems to do little to help. I wish I knew what to do. I've wanted to ask something for a long time. Does anybody out there have a special ability to see spirits? Or just a special ability when it comes to paranormal activity in general? Because for as long as I can remember, I've had this ability to see ghosts since I was a baby, and it's been passed down in my family. My grandmother had it, but she didn't believe in anything involving spirits since it was demonic to her, so we used to say she had it because she did, even though she never said anything about it. She sadly passed away in 2019. My mother has it, my little sister has it, and so do I. My mom used to tell me stories about our old houses that we moved out of, and I remember a story she told me a few months ago about how she remembers this little toy piano I used to have that I played with when I was six. But at the time, the toy wasn't even turned on. And so while my mom was talking to dad, also passed away in 2019, they both heard this sound that the highest key on the piano makes. And they both looked at me thinking I had turned it on. Because at the time, I wasn't even touching it. And then it happened again. And this time, they actually looked at the piano when the key was tapped. And so my dad checked it to see if the on-off switch had been pulled. But it wasn't. I remember her saying, That shit terrified me. Then another story she told me was about my little sister and how every night when she was a toddler... We used to sleep in bed with our parents when we were younger. We have separate rooms now, and we're both in high school. She's a freshman, and I'm a junior. That this man used to stand in the middle of our bathroom that was on the left side of the bed and just look at my mom and my little sister. 
It was like that for years, when one night my sister saw him again, and that this time a bright light appeared above him, and he went straight into the ceiling and disappeared. Mom told me that my sister said that he crossed over, when at the time my sis was a toddler, so she didn't even know what that meant at that time, and yet she still managed to use it in a full sentence. I've also seen and felt ghosts, and of course some people I've told never believe me, because they used to say, is there a ghost in here with us right now? In a joking tone, but I'm used to it at this point, because I know from experience that spirits aren't fluorescent blue and don't resemble people like they do in movies, and I can't talk to them like Melinda Gordon in Ghost Whisperer, although I wished I could. They're more like black shapes that appear out of the corner of my eye and leave just before I can see them. And I've seen ghosts in different houses that my mom has moved us from. So, we know it's not the house that's haunted, but it's us, because they know we can see them, so they try to get our attention sometimes, and they always hang around us. I've seen some in the hallway in my house, and I've seen them go past my room at night. I've seen one in the girls' bathroom while I was washing my hands at one point. But... I've heard that not all spirits are bad, because I can feel it, and my family is the same. Even my aunts have this ability. Because feeling it is entirely different. You know how you get that feeling that you're being watched and you have this incredible urge to turn around because it's unsettling? Well, feeling a bad spirit is like that. And I'll tell you now, it is absolutely terrifying and for the good ghost you won't feel a thing except for a tiny little tingling feeling so it's easy to tell the difference but the problem is I can't but my family can I've been feeling bad spirits for a while now because they attached to my sister when my mom was praying over the house back in October and a few months after that In January of last month, both my mom and my aunt prayed over our house because it got that bad, because the bad spirits were showing up, and they really liked being in my mom's closet, and the bonus room we have upstairs, and so after we pray over the house, we have to give the bad spirits an exit so they won't come back. We usually open the garage door, and that does the trick, because the owner of this house is supposed to pray over the house and get the bad ones away to escape, which is my mom's job when it gets bad. I've had a lot of paranormal experiences happen in my life since I was a baby, and I'm 17 now. But otherwise, my house has been pretty quiet. But for me, when I see ghosts from time to time, I have doubt myself a lot But I know I can see them, and I know they're there. I genuinely believe I, myself, not the areas I've lived in or have been to, 
am haunted. I wish this could be shorter, but there's a whole lot to say, and I'd appreciate your ear. I also know that this community doesn't like sleep paralysis stories, but I know that mine weren't just sleep paralysis, but were paranormal encounters. As a kid, I went through a lot. It really messed me up when my dad left my mom, and it made me feel really unsafe. I don't know why, but I felt like something has been after me my whole life. No bullcrap. I was strangely aware of death from a very young age, and it terrified me to even think of my family members dying. And I'd have terrible nightmares about awful things happening to my brother, my dad, or my mom, starting at age six that I can remember. I've also had sleep paralysis my entire life, but didn't know what it is until a few years ago. I also realized that the stories I mention here weren't really sleep paralysis, but real encounters. I do have sleep paralysis on occasion, but it is nothing like what I am about to describe. So on one hand, I was scared to fall asleep because of my awful nightmares, and on the other, I was terrified of seeing the things I saw then and still see today. I had two windows in my room, one behind my bed and the other next to my bed. I kept my curtains open because the street light made me more comfortable falling asleep. Then at midnight, as all of my night lights I had would mysteriously lose battery life after a few days and would flash randomly on and off throughout the night and day and make clicky noises. I remember so clearly, as it happened frequently, from when I was maybe 7 to age 12, when we moved out of that house, seeing a figure outside my window. A moving figure. Usually as dark as the night, and in some sort of robe, it looked like the ghost of Christmas future. And this same figure occurred in many of my nightmares as well. It usually just planted a hand on the window or started banging on it and continued to do so until I fell asleep. Other times, I'd wake up to my sleep paralysis. I genuinely saw the figure in the window because it's always before I fell asleep and never woke me up in the middle of the night. So I know it wasn't sleep paralysis and I could move just fine. And a similar figure dark but not robed and usually donned a wide-brimmed hat. It stood in the corner of my room. He usually reached out to me, but other times he just stood there watching, even though I couldn't see if he had eyes. That was when I was a child and lived in that house. That was pretty much all the creepy stuff that happened there, and yet... I didn't really believe in ghosts until I was 13. The problem is, I'm pretty sure I'm the one that's haunted.
my mom's apartment after we moved from our parents' house, which was new when no one had died in it, so it's very mysterious that I had these experiences. Is old as hell. This apartment was originally built in 1920 and was only recently, barely, restored. It has its problems, like leaky ceilings and bugs, but that's about it. But maybe the first time I experienced anything here was when I was 13. My room was really messy in the further half of my room where my TV was set up. Very strangely, the two cats we had would not go past the front half of my room, toward my closet or TV. I was really curious about it one time and set my cat carefully in front of my TV, where she screeched, not something she ever did, and sprinted out of my room. She was obsessed with me and mostly spent her time in my room, but only in the front half where my bed was. My mom even peeked in at her meowing at the TV one time when I was at my dad's. Then, one night, I had gotten ready for bed and was about to lie down when I noticed the light coming from the other half of my room. My DVD player was on, and I hadn't used my TV or the DVD player in months. And it hadn't been on just 30 minutes prior, so... What the heck happened? I knew damn well the cats wouldn't go near it. So I went to turn it off. And the DVD player has this little screen on it that says what it's doing. Things like searching, ejecting, turning off, etc. But this time it said something that I've never ever seen it say before. Controls. It turns out that you can click on the settings button of the DVD player and click a few more options to get to the screen where it would say that. But I didn't press those buttons and neither did the cats. So I turned it off and strangely fell asleep just fine. Little things have happened in my mom's apartment since, but nothing that would be clearly described as a paranormal occurrence until the last few years. I changed my room around in my mom's apartment when I was 16. I got a bigger bed and put it on the wall in that far half of my room where the TV used to be and put the TV in the front half of my room. The first thing I noticed was my old Kinect, which sat on top of the TV. It was one of those big box TVs. I never used the Kinect, but it was connected to the Xbox and would turn on when I turned on the Xbox. I could see the little Kinect icon on my home screen and began noticing figures behind me where my TV had been and now my bed was. But they didn't move. They were very humanoid and nothing in my room would make those shapes let alone show up so prominently on the connect. Then came the touching. I began to feel someone touching me all the time. I would lie in bed and feel someone slowly press up against me. I would be in my kitchen and suddenly feel someone touch my back or shoulder when no one else was home. 
I could even be in school, standing behind my friends with no one else behind me, and feel someone touch my shoulder. That's when I also realized that it wasn't just happening at home. Not to mention, my sleep paralysis began to get worse when I slept in my bed after it moved to the paranormal side of my room. But it changed from that figure to another thing, like spiders crawling all over me or a human intruder breaking into my room through my window and reaching in their hand. I could see it, hear it all happening, but no one was there. I can tell now that that was real sleep paralysis instead of my paranormal kinds, as they were brief and didn't feel as threatening. My paranormal kind lasted hours, it feels like, and is more ominous than threatening, even as a child. Then came the name-calling. You know the feeling you get when someone says your name, but they didn't? Now imagine that happening when no one's there. Everywhere I went, school, dad's house, mom's house, someone calling my name, usually in my own voice or some other man's, but the voice was never creepy. If it was my voice, it sounded like I was screaming my own name, but if it was that man's, it sounded almost loving and caring, and no one was there. But the footsteps creeped me out the most. The footsteps started when my brother left for college, and my mom and I were left in her apartment alone. The footsteps also still happen to this day. My mom works a crappy schedule at a nearby hospital and goes to bed at around 7 p.m. to wake up at 3.30 a.m., I used to go to bed at around 10. My mom sleeps like crap. She always has and probably always will. So she wakes up in the middle of the night almost every single night. One night when I was 16, I was lying in bed about to fall asleep when I heard pots and pans banging in the kitchen. I was tired and I just assumed my mom couldn't sleep and got up and did the dishes or something. Then... I heard footsteps outside my door and saw a shadow underneath. Kinda weird. My mom had zero reason to come near my door. The next day, after she got home from work, I asked her what she was doing the night before. She said she slept great and she didn't get up once. My mom didn't believe in ghosts at least not spirits that would be around our small town or anything. If it was something bigger, and a lot happened there or many people died, then that was one thing. But when my mom started hearing the footsteps at night, she started to realize that the shit I've been saying might not be so crazy after all. She even started asking me if I had gotten up at night when I usually slept great and didn't get up at all. Occasionally, we've heard the footsteps and have seen the shadow from underneath our doors together. Occasionally, we walk out just to see if we straight up have an intruder. 
just to see nothing there, but continue hearing the footsteps go around the house where we were looking. I've heard my mom's voice, as if she was talking to someone when in reality she was fast asleep. I've seen things out of the corner of my eye, pale creatures on all fours with dark eyes. I've seen that thing out of the corner of my eyes all the time, regardless of where I am. Right before I left for college, I had sleep paralysis again, after not having it for a year. I was laying in my bed, and there was a strange, bright light pointing toward the dark figure at the end of my bed with glowing red eyes and a wide-brimmed hat. But for some reason, this time I wasn't scared, or even nervous. I had an overwhelming sensation of relief, and the only thought in my normally loud and buzzing head was literally, Thank God you're here. I've missed you. I then fell asleep right after. I have no idea why I thought that. I hadn't seen this figure so clearly since the night I got my second COVID shot, which was about a year prior, and I was terrified of it then. But this was the only time it had red eyes. I never saw its eyes before. Part of me thinks that this was a new ghost or something, and I have to admit I've been longing for that sense of relief I had when I saw him there at the end of the bed. But part of me is just so damn curious and wonders if this is the same ghost, but has had good intentions all along. Then I went to college. Nothing happened for months until I came back for Thanksgiving break, deciding to drop out at the end of the semester. All of a sudden, I'd be in my dorm room and see that pale creature out of the corner of my eye again. All of a sudden, I'd feel the touches when I was lying on my bunk. All of a sudden, I'd hear the man's sweet voice call my name out of nowhere, and he was nowhere to be found. Now, I'm back home, and my nightmares lately have been particularly bad. My nightmares since I was a kid have always had three themes. I'm being chased, I'm being watched, or something is hurting my family. But my nightmares over the past few months have changed into I'm alone, my family hates me, and someone is after me. Not to mention a single nightmare where my family was possessed and the only safe place to hide from them was my room. This could have nothing to do with my ghosts or anything, but I also think it's strange that the paranormal occurrences have been happening more often than not now that I'm back home. The footsteps are back, and I hear them almost every night. Last night even, my door cracked open the slightest bit when I was playing a game on my computer. I see the pale creature all the time, peeking around doorways or scampering at the end of my bed. Frequently, I felt someone laying beside me, but now instead of being worried, I feel comforted. While the pale figure still terrified me, 
I genuinely miss that dark figure that I saw at the end of my bed. I wonder if the feeling that someone is lying next to me in my bed is the same spirit. I've tried talking to him. I say him because it's a rather overwhelming masculine presence that I feel. But without, you know, actual ghost equipment, which may or may not even work. I can't get an actual answer. All I can say is that it doesn't seem that he can move things, but he can hear me. Maybe a week ago, I was lying on my stomach when I felt someone slowly lay across my legs like a big dog. But my back stiffened, so right when I was about to roll over, I said, I'm going to roll over now, but if you want to lay with me, you can after I move. And I rolled over and felt a whole body lay on top of me, to the point that I thought if I opened my eyes, I would see his face. I opened my eyes, but obviously no one was there. I even looked down at my legs, still feeling numb, and feeling the weight of someone on me when no one was there. But it was comforting. I started calling him Ghosty, since he seems to care about me. I've considered that this could be a ploy of like a demon or something. But I don't feel drained. Now that I'm back home, I actually feel happier than I've ever been in my entire life. Ghosts and all. I think I could have created an egregore a spirit that manifests out of mass feelings of sadness and depression, or something from the trauma I had when I was a kid. I was a very depressed little girl, and I remember contemplating offing myself when I was in first grade. But that wouldn't explain why I still have these experiences when I'm happy, and they're even stronger. And what are the pale creatures I see lurking around? I actually see those at my dad's house more often than here at my mom's. But I'll discuss what happened at my dad's places in another story. And why would I start being comforted by the same spirit that caused me so much fear and depression in the first place? Am I haunted? Or am I just going to coincidentally haunted places why would I specifically be targeted I remember this night like it happened yesterday I was in the fourth grade when I saw my first ghost I've always known I was sensitive to spirits and the paranormal but I didn't know that this would carry on for the next ten years. It was a quiet night in my house. I was doing my homework at my dining room table, and my mother was in the bathroom. You can see down the hallway if you sit at a certain chair, in which I did. I was having trouble with a problem, and like any other fourth grader, I had asked my mom for help. She yelled from the bathroom saying she would be right there. After a couple of minutes went by, I had asked her again for help. Still waiting, I was annoyed that she wasn't coming to help 
The very last time I was going to ask for help, I looked down the hallway, only to see a man dressed in an old Civil War uniform. He was looking straight ahead, not paying attention to me whatsoever. Small-brimmed hat, musket in hand. He disappeared and my mom was standing where he was. It has been ten years. I've moved out onto my own. Every now and then, I will still see him standing, looking straight ahead, with a small-brimmed hat and musket in hand. To start, I've been helping my mom move places for about two weeks now, and one thing I'm currently still working on is flooring. She decided to reuse her previous hardwood flooring in the house, so it's up to me to use as much in this transfer without wasting a single wooden plank. All that was left to do today was a single room and hall on top of the stairs. It's just a two-floor house, so the second floor can also be considered as the attic. I realized I forgot some tools at my own place, so I went back down preparing to leave when I noticed something upstairs, but it was too brief to make out what it was. I thought I had seen the light flickering. I did switch off the lights to save energy, so I thought. Maybe I didn't operate the switch properly. Turns out... That wasn't it, because when I came back, I noticed I only switched off the lights in the hallway downstairs, but not upstairs. Both switches are next to each other. So I was still thinking I managed things when I went back up to do some other chores, clean up and move most things downstairs. So it's easier to lay the wooden floor. I just got downstairs when I noticed the light again out of the corner of my eye. It does flicker. Not with the same pace or interval like a strobe light, but like it was struggling to stay on or like how a fluorescent tube flashes for a moment when you turn it on. So I just stare in disbelief because it was working fine for the last two weeks. In my mind... It couldn't be broken or at the verge of dying because it was indeed flashing. Just when I wanted to take a closer look by turning around and attempting to climb the stairs, it stopped. When I got back upstairs and went back to work, it happened again a couple of times. The light was flickering from time to time, just briefly for maybe half a minute and sometimes less. Then it would stop for a while. Only when I said something about it loud and asked and demanded to stop, it stopped and it didn't happen again. I was there for maybe five hours in total today and the crazy thing is that another light is connected to the same switch and wiring, but that one was totally fine as if the flashing happened because I was working while normally it would be quiet, or I wasn't allowed to be there.
Before I tell my story, I want to preface that everything I'm telling you is 100% no bullshit. There is enough fake stories out on the internet. This is not one of them. This happened to me in my early teens. I'm 21 now. My best friend growing up had this huge farmhouse in the middle of Virginia. It was very old and beautiful, but also had a very dark history. In the house, there is a tunnel that led to an underground room of sorts that was used for slaves to hide in 1800s. And I'm 90% sure that some died down there while in hiding. So you can imagine the history and energy that fills the house. I always felt scared there. I never felt alone and wouldn't go anywhere alone in the house, even just to grab something out of my room. Even the family was scared to stay there with no company because of the intense apparitions and experiences which I can get into another day. The rooms were massive and the entire house was white with honestly creepy vintage decor. There was even a cabinet of freaking ventriloquist dolls upstairs. No joke. They were a really odd family. Honestly, with lots of dark problems. Anyways, the second time I visited that house, I was with my mom, my best friend at the time, and her mom. It was a girl's trip. One night I woke up and was so thirsty, and the last thing I wanted to freaking do was go downstairs and get water. I was terrified. I hated that house at night. But my mom was dead asleep, so I literally sprinted downstairs with my head, only looking at the floor. I made my water in five seconds, and when I made it, to the stairs something compelled me to look at the giant glass doors that were in front of the stairs I was horrified but felt like I needed to look out the window what I saw when I looked at that window will haunt me for the rest of my life I saw a man as real as anything I've ever seen it was pitch black outside with a huge bright moon The man was all black, like a silhouette. But because of the moon being so bright, I could clearly see his entire body. He was blacker than black, like he stood out so much. I 100% thought he was a trespasser. He was wearing a top hat and was unhumanly tall, like seven feet My heart literally felt like it stopped beating. I felt like I was in a trance. I was so unexplainably horrified, but I could not look away. He was moving a little bit, almost like breathing. Then, about ten seconds later, he vanished, disappearing into thin air. I fully panicked and bolted upstairs after I snapped out of my trance. I cried to my mom and was up all night. 
the next morning, I told my friend and her mom about the experience, and they were not shocked at all, as they had seen multiple full-body apparitions in the house themselves. The nanny that worked for them even refused to go into some of the rooms of the house. Needless to say, I never went back to that house again. This took place when I was in high school. I'm almost 40 now. Jesus. And still living with my family in a condo. Mom, dad, younger brother. My dad worked evenings at a restaurant. He was the GM, so he wasn't home when these events occurred. And my mom worked days in the office, so she was home doing something in the kitchen. My brother was watching TV in the living room. This was back in the late 90s, early 2000s, so we had an old school PC in my parents' room. I loved using it. I was almost likely downloading music, chatting on ICQ, you know, 90s behavior. To the left of the computer desk was a foyer which lined the bedroom closets with the door to the room at the end. As I was on the computer, I could see very clearly in the corner of my eye two legs walking towards the door away from me. Zoned out in what I was doing, I just assumed it was my brother. I turned to look and nobody was there, and the door was half shut enough that I knew my brother wasn't that slick to squeeze through that fast. Add to that, I suddenly had an eerie feeling in my gut and froze, but slowly went back to what I was doing. I kind of brushed off the experience and kept it to myself. Not long after, about a week later, I'm having a conversation with my mom in the living room. We were standing at opposite ends, not a huge room. And where she was standing had a wall with three large separated mirrors behind her. As she's talking, I see a blurry shadow figure run across the mirror. I interrupt her mid-sentence and say, Mom, don't freak out, but I just saw something in that mirror. What does she do? She freaks out. Asian moms don't play that shit. She goes, Don't joke like that. And I proceed to express how serious I am. She wasn't happy. Now, mind you, Nothing really prompted my visions or behavior. I hadn't seen any movies or read any books that would fuel my imagination. At this point, I haven't even told anyone what I saw, other than what happened with my mom. Some time passes, about another week or so, when one day my dad comes home. He's a very social butterfly and made... Buddies with the building manager, whose name was Rick. As he comes in, he goes, Guys, I just saw Rick. He said they found one of the tenants dead. Apparently, a tenant on another floor who lived alone had quietly passed away and been dead for almost two weeks or more 
since nobody knew. Needless to say, this shook me to my core. My dad had no idea about my recent experiences. I immediately knew this poor person's spirit had been wandering the building. I never got a negative feeling about it, so I can only assume they were lost in trying to let us know. We never found out what their name was. Rest in peace. I have always been fascinated by all things paranormal, but there was a time in my life where I didn't totally believe. I was open to the idea of some sort of paranormal entity existing somewhere. But in my heart, I didn't really put much stock in it. Over the years, that has drastically changed. Here's one of the encounters that made me a believer. When my wife and I were newly married, we were very close with another couple who lived in our area. We would travel with them, double date with them, and we considered them our best friends. One day, they went out of town and asked us to watch their animals for them. They had a cat, a bearded dragon, a red iguana, and two rats. We agreed to watch them and they left. I worked very close to their home, so I would go over to the house once in the afternoon on my lunch hour, and then again in the evening. Usually, I would be alone for the morning and afternoon visit due to my job being closest to their home, and then my wife would join me for the evening visit. One day, during my afternoon visit, I purposefully left the lights in their home off. They were getting enough natural light through the house to see fairly well without the lights on that day and I wanted to save them on their electric bill while they were gone again this was a conscious choice to leave their lights off this was something I actively thought about I did not touch their lights after I checked on the animals I went back to work again leaving every light switch untouched when my wife and I arrived back that evening, I froze in the driveway. I could see from where I was standing outside that the entryway and hallway lights were both on. I told my wife, I didn't turn those lights on. I didn't touch them. She asked me if I was sure, and I told her that I was 1,000% sure. We thought that maybe someone from their HOA had come by or one of their family members, or that someone had noticed that they were out of town and broken in. We each put a car key between our knuckles and entered the house. The house was eerily quiet. I couldn't hear any of the animals moving around, and the air felt stale, like I could have choked on it stale. We slowly made our way through the house, checking closets and looking for any sign of disturbance. Every light was on in every room that we entered. After we had checked every room and absolutely nothing was out of place, we both relaxed. Somewhat. 
I even started to gaslight myself into believing that I had somehow turned on every single light in every single room, even the rooms I hadn't entered. Suddenly, we heard a loud thud come from the reptile room, the one we had literally just left. The thud was loud enough that the house shook. We threw the door open and nothing was disturbed. Nothing had fallen. Nothing had moved. Not an inch. The only thing that had changed was the bearded dragon. The bearded dragon's enclosure was large and positioned on the floor with a sliding glass door front. The dragon, who had been peacefully resting when we checked just a minute before, was now rhythmically tapping its nose against the glass in a perfect pattern. Tap, 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 tap. Over and over again. It was almost robotic. I stared in disbelief. I had never seen an animal behave like that before. I walked over to the enclosure and gently slid the glass door open. The dragon continued trying to tap on the glass even though it was no longer there for another second or two. And then suddenly, its beard went pitch black. It scrambled out of the enclosure and took off across the floor, headed straight for the door. Luckily, my wife was able to close the door before he escaped. Once he reached the door, he started rhythmically tapping on it the same pattern he had on the glass. Tap, 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 tap. Suddenly, on the other side of the door, we heard another loud thud, even louder than the first one. And in the same second, the cat started screaming. Not meowing, screaming. It was a horrible sound, but I didn't have time to react before I heard clanging and clattering in the other enclosures behind me. The iguana was wildly whipping its tail against the side of the enclosure and almost... hissing? It was a horrible sight. I quickly picked up the bearded dragon and put him back in his enclosure, where he continued tapping immediately, while my wife grabbed for the doorknob. I'll never forget the fear and disbelief in her voice when she said, It won't open. I flew to the door and started yanking as hard as I could. The knob wouldn't even turn. Not like it was broken, like someone was holding it from the other side. I started banging on the door and screaming, true panic setting in. My head felt fuzzy, my chest felt tight, and I almost thought I was going to pass out. Then, suddenly, it all stopped. The cat stopped screaming, the iguana stopped whipping, the dragon stopped tapping, and the doorknob was easily moved. When we left the room, the rest of the lights in the house were now off. My wife and I bolted out of the house as fast as we could and were silent the whole drive home. The next day, I had almost convinced myself that it was a fluke and that the animals had upset each other. I talked to my friend to tell her about the weird experience to which she replied, 
Oh, uh, I forgot to mention. We've been having... Mm, activity in the house lately. Uh, what do you mean by activity? I responded. To which she explained that the former resident of their home had been an elderly man that passed away in the home after owning it for 40 years. She told me that ever since they had started their renovations, she had seen a male figure standing in the corners of the home or base of the stairs, that he would rile the animals up, and that he would often mess with the lights in the house. She said he has never been violent, just mischievous, as if he was throwing little fits about the changes that we were making. After that, I reevaluated my whole outlook on my belief in the paranormal. I sure as hell believe now. So, a couple of weeks ago, I was heading out to my family cemetery about five miles outside of town. I hadn't been out there since a couple of days after Christmas, right after I had learned that my dad had finally lost his battle to lung cancer. I've spent a lot of time at the cemetery in the last few years. I like to go out there and do audio recordings, and just for the fact that it's so peaceful out there, well, it used to be. I've had some really bad experiences out there in the last couple of years. I've gotten some really nasty EVPs. And it turned into a very dark place at night. But that's a story for another time. Now, when I go out there, I always stop at a little country church about a mile down the road. The reason for this is because the church used to belong to my great-grandfather and my great-uncle both of whom preach there. And I go there and I ask for their permission and guidance before going to the cemetery. But on this night, I change my pattern for some reason. Instead of going to the church first, I drove on past the cemetery about a half a mile to some property that my aunt and uncle own. There's a small creek that runs alongside the road just before you get to the creek is where my life started out at the old homestead now at the bottom of the hill the creek crosses under the road and makes a sharp turn to continue following the road and that turn is what used to be a pretty deep hole my mom and dad grew up right down the road from there and all of my family used to swim in that hole and fish. Now it's been a very long time since my parents and my uncle and even me have swam there. As a matter of fact, over the years, the hole has filled in and is more just a shallow bend in the creek. Back in the day, one of my uncle's high school friends down there, my uncle also drowned there but they were able to revive him, thank God. So, when I arrived there, I backed my truck into the drive. I was barely off the roadway, 
and left my highlights on and the motor running. It was only going to be there for a minute. I started to record a video with my iPhone and was describing why I was going to the cemetery. Now during all of this, at one point, I thought I saw something pop up from the creek and then go back down really quickly. However, I tried to ignore it and kept going with my video. After a minute or so, it happened again. I didn't miss a beat and kept on filming, but noted that it appeared to be a figure of human nature, but a grayish-white kind of skinny, but I didn't see a face. Once again, I kept right on going, trying to ignore what I had seen, and then it happened a third time. This time, it looked more gray than white, and there was no face, and at that moment, the feeling of something dark, unfriendly, and mad that I was there washed over me and every hair on my body stood straight on end. I start saying, This isn't good, this isn't good, this isn't good, repeatedly, and then I got the feeling that something aggressive and mad as hell was approaching very quickly. I tried to get out of there as quickly as I could, but it wasn't quick enough. Anyone ever get what some call spirit jumped? It's where the spirit or entity jumps into your body. It's brief most of the time, but not brief enough. Your body goes into survival mode, adrenaline dumps, but not like a normal adrenaline dump. This is ten times worse. It may also feel like your breath is sucked right out of your lungs and it's a struggle to breathe in any air. It's scary as hell when it happens. You also feel like something evil has reached into your body and grabbed your soul. It's a very demanding warning to get the hell away, and they mean business. When I pulled out of there, I headed straight up the road to the church. But before I could get there, I heard a very ominous growl over my left shoulder and got hit a second time. This time was much worse than the first time. I became very vocal and demanded that he get away and get out of my truck. But it stayed until I reached the church. When I pulled in, I called upon my great-grandfather for help. Then I was hit a third time. It was brief. But the point was gotten across to me. I could then feel everything lighten up, as they say. The hairs went down and I became fairly relaxed quickly. I left the church and went back home where I had my daughter bring out my Bible and I didn't go inside until I was certain that whatever it was had left me. The next evening, I went to the family cemetery, stopping at the church first, of course. I used the Necrophonic app which I used quite a bit from time to time. I didn't even ask about the night before, but I was told that there was evil at the creek. Stay away from the water. They called it dark water. 
I had never in almost three years of using that app ever gotten those responses or any mentions of water or dark water. And no, I was not under the influence of anything. I take no medications and other than PTSD, I have no mental health issues. This particular area is pretty rural. The area had a lot of Native American activity and is within 300 feet of a known burial ground, as well as another cemetery that has long been forgotten. As a kid, the woods around this area always seemed to have a dark side. We always felt watched when we were playing in the woods around there. There is also a piece of property within a one-fourth mile that was rumored as being owned by a witch. To be honest, I don't really know how to start, as it's my first time writing this, but I'll do my best. Me and my fiancé live together with our dogs in a really old house that I'm almost certain the previous owner, an older gentleman, passed away in well before we lived there. I was told he was a recluse and not really anything else that I can recall. I've lived in this house with my parents for some time now, before it was just me and my fiancé. My parents aren't dead, they just moved and it's always had a pretty bad vibe and never really made me feel all that welcome. There's been a few instances over the years, mostly noises up in the attic or in the walls, but most interestingly, a smell of cigar smoke likes to come around sometimes in random doors. My mom has asthma, so no one has ever been allowed to smoke inside. Once my parents left the house after a pretty nasty divorce, I only mention it because I notice a lot of encounters having to do with negative emotions. Me and my fiancé have been happier honestly since it's just been us, but the weird shit has been getting worse and worse lately. The feeling of being watched has been tenfold to the point where it literally feels like someone is about to breathe on your neck. Our dogs have also been acting pretty weird, staring and barking at nothing way more than usual. That and our dreams. I've always had interesting dreams, but only here have I dreamt about being watched or being intruded on with occasional self-death dreams. I.e. walking dream of someone barging in my room and staring or charging at me or being stared at through the vents. But more noticeable and harder to explain is our windows constantly coming unlocked, as if the past few months they are not smart locks, and it happened so frequently that we started actively checking them to make sure that they're still locked. Sometimes, and they won't be, or they'll be partially unlocked. It's a lock that swivels left and right over a bump to click in place, not something that happens on accident. The noises have gotten more frequent and louder, and things get moved when no one is around 
to move them. Just tonight, I got frustrated and threw a Powerade bottle in a bag into the kitchen. My fiancé didn't go into the kitchen once she literally didn't even get off the couch. And the bottle, 30 minutes later, is on the counter upright when I knew it was on the floor. Also tonight, the noises were really loud, so I checked the house again. And of course, no source. And it doesn't seem to happen upstairs while I'm actively looking for it. It literally sounded like someone was dragging something through the wall. It's getting to the point where I'm worried we have an actual person in the house sometimes, but I'm almost certain I've checked the house over 20 times. And nothing shows that to be the case. It's honestly grown to be more and more of a concern and could really use some peace of mind. If anyone knows anything that can help or has had a similar experience, please help us out. P.S. to this story. The attic and wall noises, weird smells, things moving, freaky nightmares. Previous homeowner passed here. Could use some answers or help as to what the hell is in my house. And that, dear listeners, is the end of these true ghost encounters. If you have fallen asleep, I hope Slumberland is treating you well. If you are awake listening to this, I hope you have enjoyed this video's collection. I'll repeat it here at the end. Please remember to comment down below in the comment section so you will be entered into the $150 giveaway. Until then, I'll be reading to you soon. Good morning. Good afternoon.